This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast. Your hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Second episode in a couple of days, Joe. Um, we've gone from recording not much in the past couple of weeks to recording twice in back, well, pretty much back to back days. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, nice and busy. Um, I think it's it's almost like the Christmas schedule a little bit, isn't it? You know, it's a bit packed, and uh, as as a, as working in uh, e-commerce, it's certainly a busy time of the year for us. Although, I think we don't have another one, get another game for ten or eleven days now. So, um, I think the break. I say break. Um, it's come at a good time, and uh, and then hopefully once work dies down, we'll be back in the thick of it with the football season um, and the silly season. I think, uh, and then January is just a few weeks away as well. So um, yeah, I think, um, and I think this is our last sort of you know week without a game really until we really just get thrown into the thick of it. Saturday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, whatever you know, it's uh, it's going to be all go in a few weeks' time, isn't it, football wise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we obviously we had confirmed the the, the Brighton game, obviously on the fifth of December. But based on what we saw against Northampton, it's going to be a bunch of kids, so um, yeah, not not the most serious game, let's say, to consider. But of course, Mansfield away on the ninth is a massive game, and I'm sure we'll look forward to that um, very soon. But of course, two games to look forward to this week. Um, also, look forward to reflect on, of course. Um, one one very positive result and one result where we could have got more, but I think me and Joe are going to sort of say we'll we'll take the point on to be honest because it was a it was a it was a, it was an interesting game. But let let's start in chronological order, Joe. Let's start with Salford. Obviously, a forty victory uh, in the first half, which um, four. I mean, we took the lead through Max Dean, but obviously the first half ended in such a toxic way. Obviously, the the first goal came from a cross where, you know, there was rumours of shouts saying leave it for the keeper and bim in miscommunication. And of course, then number 30 comes to the back post, taps it in to make it 1 0. And then the second goal it is an absolute disgrace from the uh, the main referee on the night um, who gives that penalty. And I'm sure we'll get onto the, the theme of referees later on in the episode. Um, but to be fair to the lads, second half really came out really positive. Obviously, Tomlinson got his double. 
and uh, Ellis Harrison comes off the bench also to wrap up a really good three points and uh, you know potentially I think after a little bit of a break in the league as well potentially a turning point in the season and puts within three points to the playoffs but what did you make of Salford overall? Yeah, I think we got there in the end, I think is the the basic uh, overview, if you want. Um, I thought for the first 15 or 20 minutes, I think, you know, before and after the goal, which came under about eight, nine minutes or something, I thought for the first 20 minutes, we were really good. I think the press was relentless. And I think, you know, you could see that the players had had a bit of a break and were refreshed. Um, and we got into a few good positions, but maybe just didn't have the, the cross or the final ball you know, other than the goal, which I think, you know, Max Dean should take enormous credit for because it's him playing a one-two and he, he gets that finish off and it's absolutely fantastic. I always say this, more players should just go high when shooting because the keepers are always expecting to go down low and or dive to the far post or whatever. So I think, you know, when sometimes when someone just hits it really hard, it's quite difficult for the goalkeeper. Um but yeah, the 20, you know, for the rest of the half, 20 to 45 minutes, I think it was the ref just couldn't get a handle on the game as such. And because of this, it became very scrappy. I mean, there was a moment where I think we were off the drinks breaks. and or, Well, it wasn't a drinks break, really, because the ref was saying, come on, play it, guys, let's, you know, get back to playing. And no one moved an inch. And he just he just didn't have any authority. There were people taking, you know, swipes at each other in the box before corners it was all handbags and it was just stop start stop start and I think we lost a bit of momentum at that point um they then to be fair you know people were maybe moaning about a little bit of um defending with the cross and or maybe Matt Gillivere but I think it's one of them crosses similar to when we played Colchester where there's not much you can really do would you agree with that Liam on that on the first Salford goal I thought it was just a fantastic cross yeah, it was a it's fair. It was a very, very good cross. I mean, say that's the thing. I think it was such a good cross that people were saying in the stands that was there a shout here or there to just leave it for someone and no one, no one gathered it. But yeah, I reckon it was either a miscommunication or the cross was that good that no one could deal with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, in that period, we didn't really look after the ball that well. And I mean, the pen. For us, no, come on. I'm actually going to stick up for the ref a little bit here, right? For you know, the facts are the facts, right? If if we had VAR, that would have been overturned, I think. But yeah, the reason that the ref gives it, I think, is completely understandable because from where we were, we could see that Norman comes from behind, he kicks the ball, and the ball hits uh, Namay, I think his name is, yeah, yeah. um, and um. And it balloons out for a goal kick. Now, no one appeals for it, but the referee, what the referee, I think, sees is Norman come charging up behind him, a leg goes across and the player goes down. And if you actually watch the replay back, that is the sort of angle that the referee has. So I, I'm i not as angry as I was that the ref gave it because I can understand why he gave it, if that makes sense. It doesn't make change the fact that he was wrong, and maybe, but you know, he was in a fairly decent position, to be honest. He could, he got a clear view at it. But from his view, all he saw was Norman clattering someone, essentially. Um, would you agree? Are you softening your stance, or are you? Yeah, no, I did. I did think of the angle as soon as I like had five minutes to think about it. I was merely, I was as soon as I came down from the stand, and people will credit this. When I came back to the bar, I was not happy at all with that penalty decision. Uh, much as much of the waste time was, but 
Yeah, no, I got I got from the I got the the angle start side of things. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating that that has to happen when you're you know one or when it's about to go to half time and that happens. Yeah, and I thought you know so th- I mean there we are going for half time, blaming pretty much everything apart from ourselves. I guess I think a lot of us are doing. Oh, the ref crosses, and um, but yeah, so second half they they I thought again Salford actually came out and they were still quite good. They you were getting the ball up to uh, Matt Smith, who's a mountain of a man, and the wingers were looking dangerous. Uh, wing backs were playing well, but then I think we just found our mojo. We started moving the ball well. Um, we were switching it wing to wing. We were creating those overloads in wide areas. And there was just an intensity which we maybe lacked for the last 20 minutes because the last 20 minutes of the first half. I mean, and if you do you want to get on to individuals at this point now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the main part I was going to say was do you reckon obviously we were down 2 1 at half time? I mean, they went again 4 2. So. Was there any major changes for you from that first, second half performance that you really saw as like getting us to three points or really changing the momentum? Um, I mean, well, I guess this comes down to the individuals. Dean Lewington got a ball more. <laughs> uh, yes, quite simply. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, you know, I thought personally Max Dean was, I know Tomlinson scored two, but I, for me, Max Dean was absolutely fantastic because he started coming deeper linking the play, just, just playing it to the side, getting more people involved so and offering an out ball. So that's one. And then two, in the first half, a lot of the ball was finding its way to Norman. And, you know, he's not bad on the ball, but I think he's not, he, he doesn't really take risks as such. And a lot, a lot of the time, it's just straight back into Warren O'Hora. But, you know, it's allowing Salford to get set, etc. Whereas I think in the, in the way we play, you want it to be quick, you want it to be fluid. And you want balls piercing into the midfield where, you know, Jack Payne can turn and, and then all oh, we're in, you know, sort of thing. I thought Louis, um, first of all, just defensively, there was a few times where there was a 50-50 on the halfway line. And if Louis didn't win that, we were screwed, for yeah. want of a better word. And every, I think he won every single one of his duels. Apart, I think he lost a couple of aerials, but all the ground duels he won he was making tackles. He was making interceptions at the vital times. He was winning a few... I think he won 3,000 in the game as well. But for me, what impressed me so much was his balls forward. And I think I think it's the second or the third goal. You actually see he plays it into someone. They flick it around the corner. There's a couple of one-twos and then it gets played out wide and that leads to one of Tomlinson's goals. And that just the initial bravery to actually drive it into the midfield with quality um, and then and then we just go from there one two three really quick and all before you know it, it's in the back of the net but it all starts from Dean Lewington taking a risk in defence which I think in the first half Norman just wasn't you know quite doing that um, yeah which is fair enough you know he's not he's been used to be playing out wide you know as a wing back as oh well right back or a wing back and so you could can't necessarily expect him to just slot in and be a Harry Darling, but I thought just Dean Lewington's quality on the ball really helped us in the second half. Absolutely, I mean, and yeah, like he, he touched the ball 107 times. Like his passing accuracy, passing accuracy was fantastic, 86. percent You mentioned about the jewels. I think it was a very much a vintage Louis performance. 
Um, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the Starman Tomlinson. Obviously, I, I believe his family was in the stand in the seated area, and he certainly put on a show for them. Two goals. I mean, that second goal of his is is pretty impressive for League Two. Like, it kind of falls to him on the edge of the box, or just inside the middle of the eighteen-yard box, and this kind of hits it first time into like the top top corner of the keeper's net, and you won't see that much quality in League Two really, but. That was pretty impressive. And you mentioned about the jewels side of things and Louis Tomlinson also had the same. You know, won all of his ground jewels and lots of the aerials, but you know, you're not expecting him to win aerial jewels all the time. For he's really progressive. I mean his heat map shows that absolutely he's all over that um right hand side. And yeah, I, I think in terms of the ratings uh, that we're looking at, he got the highest rating, of course, he got two goals, but a really, really impressive performance and almost put Tomlinson at the top of the pile, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, 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 you know, I think as well, you know, Dan Harvey, obviously he didn't get the goals, but he actually was on the ball more. I think he was, yeah, he, he was on the ball a lot more and involved a lot more in the build up. And I think um, Dan Harvey actually, like he, he had two key passes as well. So I think whilst Tomlinson was maybe more of a goal threat on the other side, you had Dan Harvey who was putting some great crosses in also absolutely solid defensively. Um, so, yeah, it was really good just to see both of them have that, that side to their game where they just pinned Salford in at times. And I think Salford were playing four at back. So, you know, having that width and we, we used the width. Like I said, we actually started to switch the ball and it really did cause problems for for them. But, you know, Dan Harvey got in a few dangerous positions. And then, you know, I think, um, yes, yeah, so Joe Tomlinson had five shots in the end. So Joe yeah. Tomlinson was definitely the more attacking of the two. But I thought that, you know, the, the reason he was able to do that was because Dan Harvey was actually tucking in quite a lot and really helping out with the defensive side of things as well. Absolutely. And of course, the, the fourth Milton Keynes goal anyway, went to Alice Harrison, obviously off the bench, was first came back from injury. Um, I mean, instant impact. And a player that obviously I highlighted as someone who I feel could have big impact in this MK side in terms of his, not only his physicality in the front line, but obviously his experience in higher divisions in the league coming down to Lee to play for this side. And no, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was a pretty decent finish. So he was not static, but you know, he was having to put a lot of momentum into that shot. And uh, hopefully I think a sign to come in terms of his more involvement in the side and hopefully, hopefully more goals. Absolutely. And I think one thing that his goal and Joe Tomlinson's goals had in common, that I think, you know, a, a big criticism of when we were playing under Russell Martin was that, I think I remember games where we had how much possession, you know, 70%. I think it was the crew away game during COVID. We had 70-odd percent possession. And we had four shots in the entire game. In this game, we had 63%, so still a lot of the ball, but we had 16 shots. And Joe Tomlinson, he, he takes shots on. And let's wait, you know, he, the chances he had were decent, but, you know, a lot. another time you might have just seen him square it or go yeah. back out wide. But, you know, and with Harrison as well, he... He just thought, you know what, well, okay, I'm in a decent enough position. Let's have a shot. And, you know, I think it's it's resulted in us actually, you know, really coming close, challenging goalkeepers, because let's face it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, that Ellis Harrison shot. It wasn't the best shot in the world. And it was, you know, fairly central, but it did enough to trouble the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper probably, I think, wasn't expecting it more than anything. And that was the main one of the main reasons it probably went in because yeah it it, it was fairly in the corner but when you I remember Benikafobi he always used to just get it on target and go early and that's that that troubles def- uh, goalkeepers 
so yeah, I think that's one trait that actually is nice to see that's maybe different from, you know, the rust ball which we saw was players aren't afraid to have a go. And I think it's it's um, good to see that we're not, you know, we're not having shots from stupid places, but players aren't aren't afraid to have a go. And another thing with Ellis Harrison, which in the Salford game especially, was um, just looking at his touch map. He, he, he was dropping deep and linking the play really nicely for, for the majority of that game and just helped get us up the pitch and make sure that we weren't penned in for those last 20 minutes or so. Because, you know, if Salford get a goal in the 80th minute to make it uh, 4-3, all of a sudden, you know, we could be finding ourselves in a little bit of trouble there. But I thought we saw out quite um, comfortably in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Williams has spoke about a complete away performance previously. And I felt that whilst it wasn't complete, I thought it was pretty damn near close to it, to be honest, and kind of showcased all this team can do particularly attacking-wise um, with the quantity of goals that we did score and I think the quality of the goals we did score as well. So, yeah, very impressive performance. Um, Joe, obviously, it was our first trip to Salford um, as Milton Keynes Dons. Um, how did you find it overall? Um, well, as someone who left at 11 and arrived at Salford at 2, uh, straight from work and stone-cold sober, um, and I, I mean, I parked up and we were, we were at the game. We turned up at the stadium by 2.15 straight in. I thought it was tidy enough, the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, we're ones to talk, but the home support was non-existent, really. <laughs> especially, no, but especially even when they scored, you know. It, it was, but I, think, I guess that's just what happens when clubs rise unorganically if you want you know I think everyone knows the story but also you've got to say Manchester's a really tough place to have a football team you know you look at the likes of Oldham and Rochdale you know you're always going to struggle when you've got big Manchester teams there and um, yeah I guess I I, I had a nice day out I thought the stadium was pretty good they had good food and drink and stuff so you can't complain too much it is in the middle of nowhere which (laughs) is a bit of a downside but I mean, yeah, who, who am I to judge? Yeah, well, it's basically in the middle of a forest pretty much, isn't it? I mean, you kind of mm. dive down this road and, you, and you're suddenly just there. Um, there's a forest on your left as you walk up and then the stadium on your right. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was decent. Obviously, you know, I think I think Salford get a lot of flack because they're basically, well, without speaking for them all, um, as you mentioned, all, all pretty much Man United fans because Manchester United Stadium is in Salford, for anyone who doesn't know. It's not actually in Manchester. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like the sister team to Manchester United in that in that sort of town. So, it's always difficult to sell when you've got one of the biggest teams in the world next door to you, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, like it, it was a decent little day out. I, I it was tidy. Uh, it was a tidy Yeah. Crowd. I, mean, I, I didn't think much to the Foot Asylum fan zone, but I will uh, we'll, we'll say that for another day. And maybe if they get out of League Two, they enhance that a bit more. But yeah, it was it was all right. It was it was typical League Two away day, I suppose. I've had worse, and I've certainly had better, but yeah. it wasn't too bad. I mean, Stevenage still ranks as the worst actual away oh end God. for me in terms of amenities, being able to go out at half time if you're a vapor or whatever, and just general bastardry. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steelage midweek in the FA Cup was uh, was definitely not one I'm going to go back to anytime soon. That was pretty. I, I guess it serves us right for thinking that was a good idea, though. Yeah, yeah, like leaving work early, getting the train all the all the car down, and that that performance was just 
Yeah, I think we deserved it, to say the least, for doing that. Let's just be honest. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And yeah, of course, we, we had uh, Grimsby last night. Um, obviously, we we're all pretty feeling pretty positive, actually, after the Salford game, particularly those of us that went um, up to Manchester or Greater Manchester. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting one. I suppose I'll start off, Joey, with... Were you surprised that Williamson didn't maybe change, make make a few changes to the team, keep it a bit fresh? Or were you happy with that he picked the same team? Um, I, I was fine with him picking the same team up because I think, you know, people say about we had a week's rest leading up to the Salford game, and we've got a week's rest after this game. Oh, we've got ten days rest after this after the Grimsby game. So I think tiredness. I, for me, is just a non-excuse, really. Um, you know, we're in the middle of the season. Well, not the middle of the season, but we're well into the season. Um, no one really was there. The only one you could say that you'd maybe thought might be rested was Lewington, but that's purely yeah. because of in- from an injury standpoint. But I think all the other players, no real reason why they couldn't be capable of putting their all in for two ninety minutes, four days apart. Yeah, no, I say I wasn't. So I, say, I wasn't shocked to see the same team. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, I'll always trust the, the coach staff and, and Williamson to pick the best team possible and the, the most fit team possible. And yeah, I mean, anyone that was that was there and saw the performance on Saturday would would say that you would want that same eleven to come out in the second, sorry, in this ninety minutes against Grimsby. There's no the reason for job. them to change it. From, yeah, from, exactly. Like, from a performance standpoint, no one did any. No one impressed that much from the bench. Oh, you know, Harrison did well, but did Dean do enough to not start? No, I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, and I think as a result, I mean, we were, Sophia was saying in the cow shed, it, it was a bit of a slow start, wasn't it? I think the first 20, 25 minutes, maybe in the first, the full first half, really, it was just a bit, a bit slow. And I, I don't mention about, you, you particularly mentioned about Cameron Norman, not going to see like individuals, but Whenever the ball went to him, it kind of felt like the build-up play was slowed down a bit and it just felt a bit sluggish. Yeah, I think it did feel sluggish. But I also think, I I genuinely think that last night it was much more down to Grimsby being good than us being bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I think even in the midst of that, we could have won it in the last minute. <laughs> and I know we'll come on to that soon. Um but and because you know, there's been a bit of a fuss about that, so I want to have a little has, word yeah. on that, um, a little comment on that. But I think overall, Grimsby, I thought, just played very well. They actually had, and another thing to think about is, you know, Grimsby, they've their main central midfielder, number 42, for those that were watching, um, I was incredibly impressed by. 
Um, and it's no surprise to see that he was um, Mike Williamson's star man at Gateshead last season. <laughs> so, you know, he's got pedigree. And also, he probably knows quite a lot of what Mike Williamson is trying to do and probably knows what Mike Williamson's teams don't like facing. And I thought that, well, you could see from the... So Grimsby go 1-0 up, and you can see that the goal came from a press. I don't know. I don't know who lost it. It's not really important, but the goal came from a high turnover and they, they pressed us and they got in, you know, but other than that, they didn't create loads and loads in the first half. But as soon as they got that goal in the first half, they were absolutely fantastic at killing the game. And now I know it's one of those things that, I mean, you believe me, I was getting a bit cheesed off by it, but in some ways you do have to admire it because I mean, I really must be, I'm concerned with um, Grimsby because they've had so many injuries in that game, but they all miraculously seem to get better at one all. I know. Didn't they? Um, so it's one of them. If we'd be doing the exact same, if it was in the other, it, it, you know, she was on the other foot. And I thought that they just, you know, call it game management, call it shithousery, call it what you want. They first half did what they needed to do got to get got to half time without us really laying a glove on them and actually i think what's more impressive is in the second half we were able to wrestle back a bit of momentum really yeah i mean you mentioned about um number 40 for grimsby uh camille conte and obviously one of our guests from earlier in the season who chatted out mike williamson and um, highlighted camille in his tweet earlier and i mean you said he had a good game it was it was near perfect to be honest i think it was a 97 percent pass accuracy Completed all of his dribbles and long balls. I think he had like, I think his inception, inceptions and recoveries was ten in total. Um, yeah, it was it was a dominant performance that midfield, and I think he really really set the tone. And I I'll, I think I'll I'll put my flag down and say I don't think he'll be in League Two for much longer. Um, very latest end of the season because um, yeah, that was a pretty impressive performance against. You know, we'll get into it later, but a team that ultimately is a playoff team at the moment. When you look at any any creative data and any form data that you're look, looking at. Like, you know, MK are up there. Yeah, I but think, I yeah. Pull... Go on, oh, go on. Well, just to build on what you say and back it up, because I'm sure there's people going, Liam, what are you on about? Um, <laughs> last five games, um, there's only three teams that are unbeaten in the league, which is Barrow, who have won their last five, ourselves and Sutton United. Now, I must add... Sutton United have also drawn four of those five games. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got the second most points return in the last five games. And we've, we've been, in terms of, um, you know, not everyone likes the numbers, but we like to look at the numbers because I think it gives us a good idea of, you know, where we're, where whereabouts we are. And um, there's a thing which is called XG ratio, which basically measures, you know, the proportion of the chances you create against the portion, proportion of the chances you concede. And we were ranked third in the league for the last eight games. And I think we can see with our eyes, you know, we more often than not are creating more than we're conceding. And I think overall we are in a good space. And I think, you know, as well, another thing you um, didn't mention, Liam, there was Grimsby got a new manager in Dave Bartel, who I think a lot of people agree is a very good, very exciting um, appointment. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do start, you know, rising up the table now, especially because... They do have quite a few good players in the summer. I thought I did see quite a few predictions for them in you know top half, really. So they're no mugs. Um, but yeah, I think overall, 
no need to really panic. Yes, we could have been better, should have been better. And I think Mike Williamson said in his in- he was after, in his interview, he was like, you know, it, almost this might have come at a sort of good time because it's, it, you know, we've still, we've not lost the game. <coughs> Excuse me. But there's so much we need to improve on. And I think a lot of it, a lot, there's a lot of things which we can learn from this game. And as you said, as I mentioned as well, you know, we very nearly could have won it as well, Liam. Yeah, I think um, someone who's really, really set the tone, not only through that game, but for the period since Williamson's come in, it's been Jack Payne, hasn't it? Obviously, did the post-match interview um, after the draw against Grimsby, and he says the Phil's team has turned the corner after getting 11, 11 points in the last 15. And I think his performance against Grimsby was, much like Conte's, pretty spectacular. Um, stats was obviously got got the equaliser, which I was rescued a point for the Dons, but you know, alongside that, a near perfect pass accuracy, um, was getting involved in it with grand ground jewels and merely not winning much, but he's a small lad, we'll let him off. Um, but he's a type of player that obviously we've seen go a bit deeper since joining the club and really, really set the tone for that midfield and assist the likes of Gilby, Williams, um, Robson when he was playing. Uh, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, to really try and take control of games. Yep, exactly. I almost, I almost feel that someone like Jack Payne, the dirtier his shirt is, the better he's playing. <laughs> he just <laughs> seems to get get stuck in. And oh, another point I wanted to make, and this is at, directed at a few people around me in the cow shed who were moaning about the short corner that we took. Well, we scored from that short corner. We didn't lose the ball. We recycled the possession. We played it out wide. And the person who took the corner got himself into the box with a cross from the other side from Alex Gilby. There we go. 1-0. Thank you very much. Um, there's a clip going around of Luke Williams, the Notts County manager, talking about short corners. And yeah. um, it's well worth a watch if you've not already um, seen it. But yeah, I think um, we actually had a few set pieces where we gone, went close a couple of times, to be honest. And then, you know, we did apply some pressure. And I think Jack Payne, when he gets the bit between his teeth, and he, he really is a terrier, isn't he? Because he is, he is quite diminutive. However, he, he will go at the best of them. And he, he had um, 80 out of 84 passes completed as well. So maybe, you know, playing a bit safe at times. But I think Grimsby kind of forced us to do that. But driving forward, I thought he was effective. And um, I think, you know, not, I, th- I don't think everyone had a great game um, on Tuesday night against Grimsby but I think De- uh, Jack Payne uh, Tomlinson again for me was just absolutely yeah. fantastic um, and then but other than that I think don't think there was really many standouts I think but I don't think anyone necessarily played bad but I just think we were a bit within ourselves but credit to Grimsby for making us look a bit ordinary Yeah and no, I so say Grimsby were in my playoff teams for the, the sort of pre-season predictions and I think they gave themselves full credit for how they performed uh, last night, and yeah, and Joe, you could say you could say Jack Payne released some of our pain from the cow shed getting that goal for us uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, you could say that, I guess. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to comment any further on that. No need, no need. Um, what didn't relieve our pain was, of course, not finding the winner, which was uh, obviously I, I didn't say the full game, unfortunately, because of train issues, but. You know, I've seen some of the highlights, the one in particular, which I'm sure we'll get on to in a second. But again, so frustrating. I think this team is so good at creating chances now under Williamson. And that one in particular with Mo, which I'm sure I'll, I'll let Joe take the, the sort of stage on that one. But it's a harder chance that it looks. But 
I suppose it just shows the quality of this side has got that we can create those chances even when we're not playing particularly well and only really getting into gear in like 45 minutes, much like the Salford game, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, I've seen a lot of um, flack for Mo Issa and it's easy to forget that he's still our top goal scorer in the league. I've seen some people saying he's had a crap season. Yeah, he's not really featured much recently, but when he has played, he's been good. And I think when someone's in the form that Max Dean is, he's just not really had a look in. Um, but he had his chance. Um, I thought Leco off the bench was lively and really yeah. helped out as well. Um, even I mean, he did um, nearly cost us a goal, but then he saved it, <laughs> saved it at the other end. Let's be fair about that. That's a John Leco so, experience though, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I think, um, yeah, the ISA chance, I think, actually think the Max Dean chance had a higher XG as well. And um, I think it's just easy to forget the, Mo, what Mo's done for us and especially this season as well you know, he has scored five goals, he's scored the same amount of goals as Max Dean and he, he's, he's scored harder chances than that but you know, you've got, actually there's a few angles where if you look at it in the stands, I thought how on earth has he missed that and then watching it back yeah. I was like, oh it wasn't even that good of a chance it was a good chance but he, he does well because I think if he actually makes a solid connection on that it just goes straight to the defender and it gets blocked. And none of us are talking about it then. <laughs> We're only talking about it because it whistled, you know, went whiskers wide. However, yeah. I, I think it would have been incredibly hard to get it in that that far corner. So, yeah, people miss chances. Um, at the end of the day, I think a draw, you know, if anything, if any team deserved to win, I don't think it was us. No. However, I think a draw overall was probably about fair. Um, keeps the unbeaten run going. And I, I don't have too many complaints at the moment. You know, I'd be worried if we're, well, well, I was worried a few months ago when we weren't creating chances and when we were, you know, because I said after the Walsall game and after the Newport game, you know, both of those games, I was sort of like, yeah, we played well and let's move on. With this one, we didn't play that well, but we got something out of it. So let's just carry it forward. Lots to learn still. And I think as well, one, one good thing is once, you know, we're having this time on the training pitch, but we're actually seeing the effects of it. I think our possession play has been a lot better. You know, I think in the first few games, we were sort of, uh, you know, low 50s and stuff like that. But um, we're now starting to really up the possession. And I actually think in the, is it six or seven games that Mike Williamson's... I think it's six now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was the first game where the opposition has had a higher XG than us. So it just goes to show that we are, we are by and large, outperforming other teams. Maybe not by loads, but we are getting the better of it in most games. And I think just with time, you know, it, we, we're paying for our poor start, really, aren't we? Um, but we're doing fine, in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, as we can tell from quite a few games this season. League two is a, a league full of fine margins. And, you know, if you can win the fine margins more often than not, you're more than likely going to be up there. And the fact that we're only four points off the playoffs in, what, early December or about to be early December is is actually, I wouldn't say impressive, but it's it's decent for sure. And obviously, you know, we've got, we've got to play one of those teams next up in Mansfield who are in the playoffs and, a team that looked mightily impressive this season in terms of next year perspective. So that'll be a real test of this defence in particular to see how they can cope with the likes of Mansfield, who, you know, as I mentioned, have been arguably the best attacking team in the league two or even the EFL. So um yes, exciting times for sure. And obviously 
Joe mentioned about the training training time on the pitch. You actually and like, under like previous managers where it was maybe ineffective for Williamson at least early on, it seems to be working. Yeah, and I think just in terms of timelines and where we're at, where we are at, um, there's 81 points still to play for, so we can hit 108 points, Liam. Yeah, Let's go for it. The, yeah, 108 <laughs> points we can hit, um, and I think, um, and oh, and yes, 27 games left. You know, we've we played 19, so there's still 60% of the season left. Uh, and I think they always say, don't they? You know, if you're there or thereabouts with six, seven games to go, you know, you're happy with that. So nothing's ever won in November. We're not even in December yet. And I think by the t- end of December, we'll know what we need in January as well. Because let's forget this, let's not forget, you know, the likes of Alex Gilby who's been fantastic, uh, MJ Williams, Cameron Norman, that, C- Craig McGillivray, they weren't signed to play this sort of football. And they've all featured in every game. And I think, by and large, have, have been pretty good. Um, I think MJ was, after, you know, maybe an anonymous couple of months after that Wrexham performance, I thought uh, Salford, he was sweeping up really well and coming into his own a bit. So, yeah, yeah I think we've got, you know, we, it, there's so much to look forward to. It's still, it's so early. Six, six games, you say? And, yeah, I think uh, it's six, and yeah. I, yeah, I, th- I mean, Graham Alexander used to say, you learn a lot about a player, not necessarily in training, but actually when it comes to it in games. And um, I think, you know, ahead of January as well. And, you know, you'd like to hope that there's maybe a certain best player in the league, probably at the <laughs> moment, in, that, that happens to be owned by us, who's now who's currently playing at Swindon. Maybe he comes back and you've got to think, well, you know, that's the sort of position, that's the sort of player that would just drop right in this team and be absolutely perfect. So, you know, if you can sign effectively for free the best player in the league in January, I, and I have no idea if there's a clause or anything. You'd like to hope there is, but who knows? I hope so, yeah. he, he, might, he might not want to come back. Um, but I, I just think you know there's a lot to look forward to. We're still we're well in it. Um, we're playing <clears throat> playing well. Let's not throw the was it not, not let's not throw the baby out with bathwater. Absolutely, and uh, obviously for all to, uh, Dan Kemp news, tune uh, Toby Locks article. So he'll keep updated on that. Don't you worry. Um, before we signed off, Joe, I wanted to touch on one point because I know you had a bit of a. You tweeted about most chance in the XG, obviously, and people were chatting about um, defenders' actions in that chance. And someone mentioned about how they, I don't know if you know this, but I thought you might have a bit of biblical on this anyway. Uh, do, does someone sort of, on a data analyst or someone, does someone sit down and actually transcribe the action? Or is it based off like previous history of chances and how, like, a, I don't know, someone like Torres or Suarez or. Max Teen, for example, has done it previously compared to what Mo's chance was like on, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I think it's what it is, is it's like chance, all goals and shots are logged and it's it's based off previous actions. So it's not just a, oh yeah, we think this should be scored 10% of the time. It's, there's been, you know, 100,000 shots taken. There's been this many shots taken in this area with this sort of distribution of because let's face it you know you can have a shot from 20 yards but if there's no defenders in front of you it's probably going to be a bit easier than if it, there's a box of full of defenders in front of you however you can have a shot from six yards like Mo did but there might be two defenders in front of you which makes it a lot harder so 
and you know you won't you're not going to score off them from that sort of position are you so yeah yeah i think it obviously i know don't and i don't profess to know too much about it and the ins and outs but my understanding is that you know there are certain models which are more advanced which probably we don't get to see um you know because you probably have to pay substantial amounts and subscribe <laughs> to them and whatnot but um yeah, I think that these sorts of models, they do take into account definitely the, the defenders. Because um, sometimes as well, you'll see after the, an event has taken place that they, they actually get updated and, yeah. um, you know, refined because, you know, someone's had a look back at the video and it's all to do with, you know, how they uh, transcribe it or what, I don't know, technical lingo for it. Maybe we'll have to get Ram on, um, the, uh, Don's data scientist. We've been meaning to for a little while. We have um, to be fair, yeah. But yeah, that's my sort of basic understanding of it. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe it's a good chat, actually. Maybe we can get Ram on and he can chat to us about XG data and XG ratios and all that jazz. People yeah. that are into it. It'd be a good episode, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for some people, it might be. For some people, it's maybe yeah. not their cup of tea. But I think like to think we do a, We strike a balance. I, 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 you know, I always think data, because a lot of people say oh, the game isn't played on you know, a spreadsheet and they're absolutely correct, which is why I think that the data can tell you so much, but it doesn't tell the full story. Absolutely. Um, okay. I feel like that's a nice way to start off this episode. Obviously no game this weekend, unfortunately, due to the FA Cup second round. And of course, the Dons being knocked out by Reading um, in in the first round. Of course, we should be going to Eastleigh, but unfortunately we're not. Um, so a free weekend, of course. Hope you enjoy it. Um, we've obviously got two games next week. Um, Brighton at home, which we're not going to cover too much, but of course Mansfield, the way we will do. And maybe we'll take a look into January also, and maybe give us a little our early thoughts on what we want, maybe want in the January window. Um, but until then, hope you have a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. And as always, come on, nons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.